0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما my brothers and sisters، الله سبحانه وتعالى said فذكروني أذكروكم. Wasquruli wala takfurun. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, which means, "You remember me, and I will remember you, and be grateful to me, and do not be ungrateful." Wasquruli wala takfurun. Alhamdulillah, ta'ala You are all gathered here this evening for. InshaAllah Etikaf tonight. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless your coming here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your coming here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for coming here. Remember that those who are in Etikaf are the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when you make the niyat of Atikaaf, no matter how long or short that niyat of etikaf is. It is not necessary, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His Rahma did not specify a specific period as being necessarily required for etikaf. It can be a few minutes, it can be a few hours, it can be a few days, depending on the time. So it is a good idea to make the niyat of etikaf every time we enter the masjid. So for the period that we are in the masjid, we are are in etikaf. So during that period, those who are in aetikaf are the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now one of the biggest benefits and one of the first benefits of being somebody's guest is that the host is honor-bound to fulfill every need and every desire of the guest. And that is why when we are with human guests... As a guest, we are advised not to ask for something which is not there. I am giving you a little bit about other. For example, if you are having dinner in your host's house, it is impolite, it is not desirable, it is not correct. If you see some things on the table, to say, well, uh, is there any... Cake, Or is there any pickle? Uh, Or is there any roti? You see there's no roti there. Is there any roti? Is there any rice? Uh, Is there any chicken or something? I don't know. It is not polite to ask that because your guest is a human being and the guests, his or her resources are limited. The host is doing his or her best for you. If you make a demand which they cannot fulfill, then it is humiliating for the host and it is bad manners on your part to ask the host for something which has not been given to you. The reason I am saying this to you is because this rule does not apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the rule for human beings. If I am a guest in your house, then it is my job to ensure that I do not cause any trouble for you. I do not ask you for something you have not given me. Even if it is something, for example, if you are staying overnight and the pillow is not so comfortable, it is not okay for you to say, can I have a harder pillow, softer pillow, something. No. You make do with what there is. It's not a hotel. Right? It is somebody's house. You are, the, you are a, a guest in somebody's home. But the same rule does not apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you are a guest in, in, in His house. What, why, why, why do you think that is? Tell me. Do you know why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no limits. We need to be polite with asking our, our hosts, human hosts, things because they are limited. Their resources are limited, their capabilities are limited. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are no limits. So when you are a guest in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what is the biggest advantage? That you can ask Him whatever you like. And as far as the responsibility of the host is concerned, the same rule applies, which is that when you are a guest in the house of the host, then the host is honor-bound to fulfill your needs and to give you whatever you ask. There is a famous story in Arabic literature about a man from the tribe of Thai called Hatim. His name was Hatim at I remember my mother told me this story when I was a little kid. Hatim At-Thay. Now, the story is that Hatim Attai had a very famous Arabian stallion. It was famous all over Arabia that Hatim Attai had this stallion. This was this fantastic animal, great horse, fabulous bloodlines. And it was uh, quite literally the best horse in Arabia at the time. So a man decided to go and ask Hatim Attai to sell their horse. So he went, and when he came to Hatimatai's place, he met him, and Hatimatai invited him, he said, please come and stay with me. He said, the man said, I have come to see you, so he said, please come and stay with me. He said, okay. So he stayed with Hatimatai. Now, remember, the culture is different, right? In America, you go to somebody's house. And he says, Salaam alaikum, my brother Saladin. Okay, can I buy your horse? I mean, I haven't even entered his house. I haven't even stepped. I haven't, you know, had a cup of tea or nothing. I've come here to buy my, to buy your horse. I mean, this is a very, this is a very direct, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying that this culture is a very direct, straight, you know, straight to the face. You say what you would need to say right then and there. There's nothing, it's not, it's not impolite. It's not rude. It is not, that, that is how it is. That is how this culture is. Right? The, the whole issue of, Cross-cultural education is to understand A culture in the context of the culture Not to think of the American culture From the Arabian context Or the Arabian culture from the American context That is not correct You think of the culture from the context of the culture Right? American culture does not have to make sense in Arabian terms And Arabian culture does not have to make sense In American terms So this culture is there, But the Arabian culture is not like that My culture, my country is not like that You don't go to somebody's house and say Can I have this? No, 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 no This is not a shop. This is my house, right? You come to a shop and ask for what you want. This is not a shop. So in the Arabian culture, in our culture, in India and so on and so forth, there is a lot of, uh, you know, sort of uh, social talk and a lot of uh, pleasantries going back and forth before you come to the point of what you want to say. So this man came there and, uh, you know, how are you and I hope your health is well and how are your children and this and that and so on and so forth. And all of this conversation is going on and the man is not in the slightest bit interested in any of that. He wants the horse, but he can't say horse. So he has to say all of this, right? So all this is going on. Then Atmatthaya says, well, you know, will you have, obviously the next step in all our cultures is to feed them. So we say, please, you know, come, let's have some food. So, have you eaten? No, no, I have. Yes, yes, I have eaten. No, 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 but you must eat. Okay. So we eat. So they ate, they had a good meal and so on and so forth. Then it was evening. So the man said, please, you know, I, I hope you are you should rest. And so you rest. So the man goes to sleep. He wakes up next morning. They have breakfast and so on and so forth. And then they after they finish eating and so on, the man says that uh, I have a request for you. I say, yes, please tell me what is it. He said, I have come to buy your horse. I want you to sell me your horse. I'm talking about the adab, the etiquette of the guest and the host. So the man says, I have come to buy your horse and I would like to buy the horse. So can you please tell me, please sell it to me, what would you, you know, what is the, quote me for the horse. So Hatimatai says to the man, you know for once, I wish you had not followed the customs and the manners of our culture. The man says, what do you mean? He said, I wish you had asked me this question yesterday as soon as you saw me. So the man said, well how could I do that? I mean this is against our manners. He said, yes I know it is against our manners, but I wish that one time you had not... I wish one time that you were not so good-mannered, you were not so well-mannered. I wish that you were not well-mannered, that you, ha- you, could, you could have just asked me that question directly yesterday. He said, why? He said, because I had nothing to eat. We had nothing in the house. So last night when you came, I slaughtered the horse and that is what you ate. He said, that is what you ate. Huh? And that is why you go to somebody's place. As a guest, eat what is given, don't ask what is not there. All right. Now, the reason I'm telling you, this, this is a very famous story in Arabian literature. I mean, this, is the, this shows the hospitality of the Arabs, of how big-hearted, I mean, eat. And nothing is too good for the guest. I mean, anything, they will do anything to make the guest comfortable, to make the guest happy. It's a beautiful uh, culture of and This is not only the Arabs A lot of tribal people are like this The Afghans are like this If you go to Afghanistan The same thing They are also like this Big big hearted people They will have nothing But they will share that with you The Turkish people are like this Very big hearted people But when you come into the house of Allah This rule does not apply Because in the house of Allah The guests of Allah We are the slaves of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah Allah has no limits there is nothing Allah cannot do. So when you come here, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By all means have fun, play Jeopardy, do whatever you like. But main purpose of Etikaf is to make Dua. Main purpose is make Dua. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Him whatever you like. My rule in Dua for myself is, I think of the most impossible thing and I ask Allah for that. Right? There is no limit Allah did not put a limit So why should I put a limit The sahaba asked Sallam, They said ya Rasulullah, We make dua And sometimes we get What we ask And other times We don't get what we ask But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said astajib lakum. Allah said You ask me I will give you But we ask And sometimes we get And sometimes we don't get so, can you please explain this to us? Rasulullah Sallallahu said this, he said Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala accepts du'as in three ways. Three ways. One, he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala gives you what you ask. Oh Allah, I don't have a job, please give me a job, Allah gives you. Next, next morning, you wait an appointment letter from, from some place. Oh Allah, I am not married. Please give me a wife. And Allah will put you among the Sabirin, inshallah. Right? Shakirin or Sabirin? One of the two. There is no, no, no third situation, right? <laughs> so, Allah, you ask Allah and Allah gives you. Second way in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu accepts dua, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, is you ask something... Allah does not give you, but at that time in your qadr, in your destiny, there was a calamity that was to befall you. And because you made dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes that calamity from you. Right? You're driving down the road, it is in your destiny that you are going to become part of the front grill of a 16-wheeler. But you make dua at that point in time, and a red light goes on, and the sixteen wheeler comes to a halt, and you go through, and you don't know this, right? You don't know this. Then, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said the third way in which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala accepts dua. He says Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that you ask something, and Allah does not give. Allah gives you. That is one way. Second one is you ask something and Allah does not give you that thing but removes a calamity. He said the third thing is, third situation is, that you ask something, Allah does not give it to you. And at that time in your qadr there is also no calamity. Alhamdulillah your qadr is good, you are going along happily. Rasulullah said those du'as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps with him. Right? He keeps those du'as with him. And then he said Something very fabulous and phenomenal He said that When you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When you die When you go before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will say to you O oh my slave You asked me such and such And I gave it to you And you will say Alhamdulillah ya Rabbul Alameen You gave me And then Allah will say The second thing you asked me And I did not give it to you But at that time There was this calamity And Allah will show that calamity and you will see that so, Alhamdulillah 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 ya Allah, You did not give me What I asked you But this calamity If that thing had happened to me And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will say something Listen and listen, listen carefully Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Said and then Allah will say And my slave You asked me this third thing I didn't give it to you and there was no calamity in your life at that time. Now that dua which you asked me, whatever that dua was. That dua which you asked me, which I did not grant you in, in your life. And there was no calamity, so this dua was not written off against that calamity. That dua is with me now. Ask me now and I will give you whatever you want. Hey? Where is this conversation happening? Before the arsha of Allah on the day of judgment. What did you ask? You asked for something in this dunya, oh Allah, Allah Right? Allah says that thing which you asked me in this dunya I did not give you and there was no calamity that was not removed. That dua is with me. Ask me now. Instead of that dua because dunya and all is gone. So that dua is no longer valid. But now you ask me whatever and I will give you whatever you ask. Having said this, Rasulullah says, If you knew the value of this, meaning this third kind of dua, He said, you will wish that your entire life you continue to make dua and Allah does not give you anything in this world. Huh? ajib That all your life you continue to make dua and Allah does not give you anything in this life. This is the meaning of being in the masjid in Etika. That is your position. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything at all. Allah did not say, Allah did not put any limit. You ask him whatever you like. And Rasulullah ﷺ taught us to say something when we ask, and that is, he said, "Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afya." Abbas bin Abdul Mutalib brother asked him. He said, ya "Rasulullah, please teach me a dua." And he taught Abbas bin Abdul Mutalib brother in his uncle this dua. He said, "Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afya." Oh Allah, I ask You for afiyah so ask Allah anything you like, and ask afia in that. Oh Allah, give me this with afia, give me that with afia, and that is because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said in uh, another place in the Quran, in Surah Al Imran, Allah said, "Wa asa antakrahu shi'a, fahuwa khairul lakum, wa asa shaya shi'a, fahuwa sharul lakum." Allah said it is possible that you dislike something but Allah has put khair in that, Allah has put barakah in that, Allah has put goodness in that and it is possible that you like something but Allah has put something uh, which is bad in that, shar in that and Allah knows and you do not know. So when we ask Allah for whatever we like because we, we don't know so we will ask whatever we think is good but when we ask for afiyah in that then alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that to us with khair, with afiyah, with barakah, with blessing and Allah will protect us from any evil that might be in what we ask. So when I said, when I began this uh, talk I said فَذْكُورُونِ أَذْكُورُكُمْ washkuruli لِي So Allah said remember me I will remember you be thankful and do not be ungrateful. So the purpose of coming into the masjid Is to make dua Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam called dua Al-Mukhul Ibadah He said dua is the brain of worship It is the essence of worship It is the hasil It is the It is the, the final result of worship It is the conversation Between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And his slave So make dua Make lots of dua Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Stand in the night in sujood, standing, sitting, lying down, Allah did not put... Dua is the only thing on which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put any conditions. If you look at all other kinds of ibadah, there are conditions. You can't make salah, you can't do salah without wudu, Right? You can, you, there are, there are conditions of condition, everything. I mean, if, if you want, I want to give zakat, well, you must have enough wealth to give zakat. There is a of zakat. I want to go for hajj, you must have enough of this. And, so, everything there is a condition, but for dua, there is no condition. There is no wudu is not required, nothing is required, standing, sitting, lying down, any situation makes, makes eminent sense because dua is when you, you are calling to Allah when you need Him. Now, if I need Allah now and I don't have wudu, what must I do? I still need Allah. I'm stuck somewhere. I'm in, mean, you know, uh, in, in a, in, a bad situation. I need the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't say, no, no, but first of all, let me go make udu, let me make ghusl, tie one, tie on my head. And, you know, where, where is the time for all this? I need, I'm in an emergency. I'm dialing 911, right? I, right now. I need Allah right now. So Allah did not put any conditions of dua. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wherever you are, whatever you are, especially when you are in etiquette, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with complete and total sincerity. Putting forward our own helplessness and our own insignificance. But asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in keeping with His grace and glory and majesty. No limits to what we can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Inshallah. Right? So that is the... Uh, my reminder to myself And my message to you Make a lot of dua You need dua We need dua This Ummat of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam needs dua Everywhere Where we live We need dua So make a lot of dua For the Ummat of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I request you for dua For myself and me and my family Make dua for there is a very dear friend of mine and his name is Afzal. And even if you forget his name, doesn't matter. Just ask Allah but Allah knows who it is. And Afzal has a brain tumor. And Allah knows best from what the doctors are saying. They say that he cannot survive. This is, that is it. But life and death is in the hands of Allah Taala. Cure is with Allah. So I request you make a lot of du'a for Afzal. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should spare him, should cure him, give him shifa kamila or ajila, complete shifa inshallah, and send him back home safe and sound to his family inshallah. Uh, Make special dua for him inshallah. Allah is the one to give. And you are in athakaaf, make special dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should grant this inshallah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to bless your coming here, to welcome you here, to treat you as his guest's. Because there is no host who is a better host than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Allah does not call to his house to ask or take anything. Allah calls to his house to give. And Allah has called you and you have come. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala Jalalu to give you what you ask. And to give you more from his majesty and grace and generosity. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you all that you ask with khayr and afiyah. To give you all that you ask with blessing. To always keep you in his protection. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen you. To give you power and strength. To live this deen the way Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa taught us to live this deen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make each one of you a beacon of guidance. Towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla Wherever you might be in the world. وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى